All right, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Stories of Selling Human podcast. I'm your host, Alex Smith, and I started this podcast because I believe everyone in the world will someday be faced with a situation, could be business, could be personal, that requires you to create change. I think we all want to be heard, seen, and understood, but the people who get our attention and convince, persuade, or influence us, they're not just salespeople. There are great humans throughout all walks of life that we're drawn to. I'm going to share their stories here so we can tap into what makes us human, practice our human skills, and ultimately, we'll all become better at selling by being human. All right, so uh, you know this this person we got on is a is a, a salesperson, longtime salesperson for Oracle over eight years, has had some amazing success throughout his career, has had you know over three hundred percent some years, over one hundred fifty percent for multiple years. He was on uh, Scott Ingram's uh, Sales Success Stories podcast as a number one rep at at Oracle one year. Um, just had a, an amazing career and uh, has had uh, great success in, in software sales at other companies. And now is back uh, with Oracle doing a, a similar position. Um, and, and I met him through the sales success uh, community. So uh, I'm so, so thrilled to have none other than Brad Harmon on the podcast. Welcome, Brad. Thank you, Alex. Appreciate you having me and obviously very excited to be on and share those stories of elements of uh, being human today. Nice, nice. Um, so Brad, like, uh, you know, you've had uh, like, so a lot of people that aren't in sales or software sales might be like, man, this is like a really technical thing. You really need to have a lot of technical skills and uh, to be in software sales. And you started as I think, like, even just at the like entry level role, cold calling as a business development rep. And um, before we get into your career, um, I, you know, I, I'm a true believer that anyone that has like that type of sustained level of, of, of like top um, elite um, performance, there's an element, there's this human element, there's this, you, 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 you told it to Scott Ingram, this customer centric approach. And I think people might be like, duh, focus on the customer, but I, I'm, I'm really interested about how you focused on the customer, where you learned some of that stuff. And so um, so we'll dive into that today. Um, uh, and we'll also d- dive into kind of like, uh, you know, a little bit of your background. Before I get into all those things, um, I, I don't know what, how you agree with that statement that there has to be this, this uh, you know, this personal, this customer centric, this human approach. But when I say something like, uh, you know, sell something by being human, what does that mean for you when you hear me say something like that? Yeah, well, first and foremost, let me start off by just saying when you do reach that peak level that you're of performance you're talking about, it's very hard to stay there year over year. I think most salespeople find that our the toughest part of our job is to be consistent. And being consistent is, you know, there are so many different factors, especially in today's climate and world to take into account. But uh, the one thing you can control is is your attitude and your approach to to everything, and it's it's not the same for every customer by any means, right? So, you mentioned, um, you know, what does it truly mean to be country, customer centric? It it means to take a genuine interest in not only you know them professionally but personally as well, right? So so getting to know them on a personal level. Uh, going above and beyond to, you know, not only take interest, but send them things around holiday time that are that are meaningful, handwritten notes when when deals get done. I mean, it's it's really all those little things that add up. Some people call it more of an old school uh, mindset or mentality or th- 
things that got lost along the way. And I learned those just being from a, a pipeline of sales uh, folks in my family, right? My dad was a was big in the sales and kind of laid the foundation along with a couple of my older sisters as well. And they really instilled those values in me that, you know, when you take interest in somebody, uh, not only professionally, but personally, it makes you seem like you're interested um, in them, you know, not just for the reasons that most salespeople are, right? And that's just to close the next deal or, you know, get that next commission check or something along those lines. So really taking an outside approach to, you know, how you're dealing with whether it be an executive or a champion or, or somebody at a lower level, I, you know, I treat everybody equally. I don't, title does not matter to me by, by any means. Although, you know, sometimes you need to pull in that C level to get the deal done at the last minute. And if you do have that relationship it's much easier than trying to have a vp reach out or mm -hmm. do something you know what i consider out of the norm i like to own my sales cycles i like to own my sales process um, and i think customers do appreciate that as well uh, i'm sitting on earnings calls i'm reading through 10ks 10qs doing the normal stuff that all top performing sales reps do so i know what's going on in their business and i know what's going to be driving change right um, you know in today's world especially in the tech world you'll see you know, unfortunately, a lot of layoffs are happening. So, you know, companies are trying to do less with or, or try, companies are trying to do more with less. And I think that's going to be a common trend that you're going to see over the course of the next two or three years, given everything that's happened. Um, and then there's an element of storytelling as well that I like to kind of incorporate into that whole human aspect that you and I could take a deeper dive into. Um, but I'm big into the whole storytelling and using uh, you know, real life experience from my other clients and customers and results they've seen, and then tie them back to what the results that, you know, my new client or prospect could potentially see, and then get them talking to each other. I mean, your best references are your existing customers today. And you don't want them to only speak highly of your product, but you want them to speak highly of you professionally also. Yeah. So I know long winded response and oh, that covered many different avenues, but hopefully that gave you a, a pretty good understanding. Yeah, no, like what I tipped me off was like, yeah, this you know, some people say this like old school, like approach to, to selling um, and that like you're treating people, you know, you're interested in them personally, like, you know, so part of the the, the, the sale, so to speak, isn't, you know, like, yes, it's solving a problem. And yes, it's, um, you know, talking about like the organization and, and what your 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 what pains your product um, can alleviate. Um, but like an important person, like strategy that people miss is just like, how do I sell Brad, you know, like I, I want them to know Brad and I want to know the person. I, I actually just do, do want to know the person, whether or not we get the sale. At least I know the person maybe years from now, that person will think of like Brad, like really did care if like I, you know, uh, this led to a promotion or Brad really did care about my kids. Like he was asking about that or cared about my interests. Like I got this card, like nobody sent me a card and that like, why, why does that matter? Why do, why does, horseback riding matter in this deal, Brad. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I'm curious, like when your dad was doing that, like, was there anything you saw in an early age your dad do that was like, wow, that was like really cool. Like, you know, sending a customer a letter or, you know, sh showing up or like any any advice that you remember your dad telling you about sales at a, at a young age? Yeah, I just I remember that the follow up was was key, right? You whenever you talk to somebody, you always have to follow up thanking them for their time. And, you know, this uh, this could have even predated emails when he was, you know, mm -hmm. manually following up or just sending off, you know, bottles of wine or, you know, 
back then, obviously it was very customary to, you know, do scotch and liquor and all, <laughs> all, all those types of gifts. Right. So, so I saw that along the way and, and to your earlier point of, of taking a genuine interest, um, you know, there is being a trusted advisor and there's acting like a trusted advisor. And I think customers can really tell the difference between which one you are trying to be. And I think it kind of ties back to those genuine interests, right? I, I, you can't look at uh, an account or a customer or a person as just a dollar sign for either your quota or for your commission. You, like I said, you have to show a genuine, true interest in, you know, what their business goals are, their motives, how they get promoted and things like that. And I think to tie it back to, to what you were saying before, I mean, you know, my dad treated all the customers equally, whether it be somebody that spent a million dollars with them or a thousand dollars. So I think that's another, that's another key point, right? I mean, not all of us are going to hit home runs at every at bats. Sometimes we strike out, which, you know, we prefer not to, but sometimes those singles and doubles will lead to runs as well. And there are definitely years where those smaller deals have push me across those thresholds that you mentioned and when you're getting paid at accelerators the the little the little deals do add up so i i would say just treat everybody with you know and this is just common you know human elements right be be respectful be kind be cognizant of everybody's time uh, there's nobody who hates a, a a time suck more than more than myself right because there's always other high value type of activities that you could be doing whether it's on behalf of your customer or for your business and how you operate with your internal team but yeah those are just some of the those are some of the many areas that um that we're able to uh you know kind of relate to the success yeah have you ever had people like some people i know younger in their career they've come to me and go you know like i just don't know like rapport building just isn't me i feel like i force it like you said like when you're saying people can act like a trusted advisor so then they're trying to like put on this kind of I don't know. I, I don't even know what, uh, maybe you could even, you know, like tell me what you think acting like an advisor and being like an advisor looks like. Maybe that could be something you tell me because um, I'd be curious about like how you've um, tried to uh, connect with people that maybe are a little tougher to build rapport with, um, you know, quickly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, guarded folks sometimes take a, a lot longer to knock down than others. And that's just being, being there more often, I would say. I know it's very tough with what we do with account consistency and remaining the, the face of your company within one of your accounts for long periods of time. But I think given the churn and burn that occurs within the tech sector so often, when they do see a consistent, fa consistent face, they're going to knock down those walls, right? Or if you're just, you know, popping in and, and, and taking them to lunch or, or something along those lines, we need to get back to being more, you know, person to person as opposed to the setting that we're in right now. I think it's very challenging over Zoom and Microsoft Teams and all these, all these new platforms to build that rapport, especially if somebody is guarded. Uh, it's, it's almost impossible, in my opinion, to knock those guards down virtually. So I think getting out in front of them in person is, is definitely going to be a key, especially today. Um, you know, everybody should be to the comfort level or that's that, that's deemed acceptable, right? And, you know, I would also say being genuine of, of who you are is, is definitely part of that whole human element and not acting and, and more being. Um, you know, you have to incorporate some of yourself and some of your person into mm -hmm. your selling motion or else it is going to come off as cheesy or unauthentic or something like that. You can read all the books in the world, Sandler, 
the Challenger, you name it. I'm sure uh, we've all read it or come across it. And you combine all those different styles and tactics into your selling motion. And if it's purely that and not incorporating any bit of yourself or your personality or your style or, or how you are or who you are, I think you're going to have a very hard time reaching people and connecting with people. And then mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's that whole genuine element, right? So I, I do care about your success. I am invested similar to you. Um, this is not artificial BS that, that we're just going through the motions here. Uh, this is, this is real selling. Right. I think this is this really dives into that human element that you speak of. Yeah. What you just said is I can't agree more. I mean, um, I feel like people are like, okay, there's there's a roadmap to success in sales. And it's through reading these books or these playbooks. And like this, if I if I can master these these uh, this methodology or master this process, right, like that, like the sky's the limit, like there's no questions asked. Right. And like. While there are amazing frameworks and methodologies, and I subscribe to a lot of like great stuff, like love Sandler, love like a lot of stuff from Challenger. But like you said something really, if you don't bring in an element of yourself, you're gonna have a tough time. I the why I think that is because people will see like they, they they're meeting say other salespeople that are doing that same exact thing, and as soon as someone's like robot, you know, they're they're their antennas go up like this guy is literally just uh, like a robot salesperson. They're just moving through like a process. It just is like it, their their guard comes up. They get afraid. Like they're maybe like um, you're 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 playing them or you're manipulating them or like they can't really be themselves around you. So right. I I don't look at like connecting with people like that on like what am I trying to get from them? Like hey, so how's you know, what you do this weekend or how, how are you doing? Or, you know, do you have kids or whatever? It's like, people don't want to give that up. So I, I try to let people know me, like yeah. there's only one Brad, there's only one me. So like, you know, when, you know, yeah, like with you, like, Hey, wh- what's going on? What's new with you? I try to be like, Hey, I, you know, something interesting. I went to the Super Bowl. Like here's, here's some cool things that happened. It was kind of cool. I'm an Eagles fan. Like I did this, I did that. And and then a conversation can happen because then, you know, you can ask questions or you can, you know, kind of uh, give a perspective or whatever, but then people go, Oh, wow. Like Alex, I've had a per- person recently just tell me like, man, you like, you're living like your best life. You're like, you're running a marathon. You're going to the Super Bowl. Like, man, like I, I love it. Like you're great. But then they're like, yeah, well, this weekend I'm going to like Venice Beach and I'm doing this and I'm so again, it's it's more so like I'm thinking of what I can give, you know, to to someone else to to connect, give them some of me and let that giving of some of me translate into them reciprocating and in and, and, and a uh, connection building. I don't know. What and do you think about that? No, absolutely. And there there is that small percentage of the time where maybe the person is not vibing with with yes. who you are or what you're totally. bringing to the table and that's yeah. and that's totally okay. You can absolutely keep those those folks or those contacts at arm li- arm's length and warm up to them how they deem is is fit or or something yeah. along those lines. I absolutely still believe in mirroring the tendencies of that person that you're with right their energy level um you know what they're bringing to the table but you know your personality is not going to vibe a hundred percent of the time nobody's is right we do the best we can with what we've got um and then back to your point of all those you know structured selling motions i mean the the really big one right now that 
uh, sales enablement is spending tons of money on across a lot of companies is, is medic, right? And to us salespeople, medic is a, is a check the box exercise. Let's just call it, let's just call it what it is. We're trying to just check that box in Salesforce and move it to the next stage and continue to progress our deals. There's ways to incorporate qualifying questions, uh, org structure questions, authority, budget needs, you know, the full bands. There's ways to incorporate that in personally with how you're being towards your customer based on those interactions that you and I were, that you and I were talking about right there. So that that way it doesn't feel like a emotion or a challenge or overcoming objectives or a pitch or something along those lines, right? You just kind of naturally weave it into the conversation so that you're getting back to that human to human element so that, that it doesn't feel scripted and it doesn't feel like you know, I'm sitting here drilling you for questions and trying to get information so that I can take it back to my management or, you know, my strategy team to have them build some type of, you know, messaging or proposal based on the information that I've found. Because I mean, we are detectives and doctors to a, to a certain extent, right? But you don't want to feel like you're experiencing either of those. Neither, none of us likes to sit there and be on the hot seat. None of us likes to sit there in the doctor's office and be poked and prodded with a million questions and, and things like that. There's just, there's ways to go about getting information that I think are better than some of the ways that these enablement trainings are, are teaching us to go about doing it. Yeah. Well, let's talk about what you do on a daily basis. So like, talk a little bit about um, your role for folks that aren't that familiar with like kind of what you do in software sales. And then maybe talk a little bit about like, what are some ways you like to incorporate that? Like, what are some subtle ways you like to, um, you know, maybe incorporate a little bit of yourself or get into a conversation where like, what does it look like when you're showing someone that you're interested in them? What things are you doing? Yeah. So from uh, from a day to day standpoint, I mean, I've actually been traveling uh, quite a bit as of late, which is which is great because we talked about being out in front of people and and doing things that we were doing pre 2020. Uh, I think trying to get back to that as much as possible is, you know, an, a tough element to overcome because some of us have gotten very comfortable and confident behind the camera, but you still cannot beat human to human in-person interaction that's where the relationships are built that's where the deals get done um you know that is where you get your your qualifying and disqualifying done in my opinion and and really determine hey is this a priority now or later uh, but from a day-to-day -day standpoint i've always been a prime rep so i'll usually have a team of four or five co-primes rolling up to me uh which all have inside reps that roll up to them and then uh, obviously business development team as well so I, it's not a direct man. It's a, a, a different. It's an indirect management model, I guess, is probably the best way to describe it. But communicating with them is, is very important. So I'll have my cadences with them. Uh, you always still have to be prospecting. So you have to be executing against a prospecting plan. So you have to be checking in with your business development reps or your inside sales reps and see how you're progressing for your targeted accounts. I'm always meeting with partners. I love uh, meeting with partners because the amount of information that you can get from them is invaluable. I can't tell you how many times the smallest tidbit that I've learned from a partner that used to work at in one of my accounts has, has gotten me into a deal that led to dollars and revenue. I think that's another important thing is maintaining those partner relationships. I think those are those are critical and those are important and those can also be looked at sometimes as very transactional. 
Uh, and, and then from a, from a customer standpoint, I do have cadences with my customers, um, whether they're coordinated by the inside team or myself, that I like to jump on. And they're typically just health checks. You know, how's everything going? Likes, dislikes, outstanding service requests. Uh, how's the CSM treating you? How's your managed services provider treating you? How's your partner treating you? I, and typically, um, you know, the, the applications I'm talking about are business critical, right? So you're talking about your finance, your HR, your supply chain. I mean, these are all very critical business components to, to running a business, right? And then at, you know, and then asking the questions of, of what's going on in the business. What are, what are you seeing? How is everything going from that? That's another element that we talked about, um, that I learned from my dad very early on is just say, Hey, how's your world going? I mean, uh, he sold widgets and, and whatnot. So it's typically purchasing folks or buyers that he'd be talking to but you know just uh how's your role treating you i mean you're a lean it staff i mean i'm sure you're very constrained from a resources standpoint how is that going to affect our project that we're working on that's you know six months out down the road are you going to require more help from a partner are you going to require less help those are kind of those qualification questions that you need to be talking about and asking that you can weave in as opposed to just boom, 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 asking them and look, uh, making it look like you're going down a list, right? And then, you know, trying to set up the the, net, the following week's meetings, right? Who am I gonna meet with? Why am I meeting with them? Um, I'm always updating those joint execution plans. Those are very good to just manage up, in my opinion, internally, so that you can have all your ducks in a row and say, hey, here, here's what we accomplished this week. Here's what we're trying to accomplish next week. Here's who I met with. Here's who I talked to. An updated relationship map of, of how that's going. Uh, you always want to identify who your champions, who are your foes, who are the folks that don't care, that you think that you can get on your side. Um, you know, a day-to-day -day changes often depending on how many fire drills you have to put out, right? Is it end of quarter? Do you have a deal outstanding? Are you more focused on next quarter? Um, you know, it really changes, honestly, day to day, but sticking to those foundations and sticking to those fundamentals, I think is, is key to success. And like I was telling you in terms of longevity of that success, um, you know, trying to stick to a plan and, but be flexible with it, I think are also key areas to, to really help excel. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I, I, I like you talked to focused on a lot of different areas. Like I, I do like, you know, some of these questions like, um, you know, they're they're focused around like, yeah, I like, you know, just saying like, you know, tell me a little bit about like what your world's like today. Like, give me some of that um, feedback. Like, you you know, it's like you're, it's, it's open ended. You're asking about like, you know, it's not just like, do you like X, Y, Z or and like, is this OK? It's 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 like their world could be a lot of different things. They could just take you a totally different way you weren't even expecting. Like it could tell you something personally. They could tell you something professionally. Like, you know, I sometimes like, how have you been? What's new since we've last talked? Like last time we spoke, like, you know, we've had other guests say like, s say something specific, not just like, how are you? But, yeah. you know, last time we spoke, you were focused on this. How are you handling that since that you we've last spoke? Or how is that working out for you since the last time we got together, um, you know, that sort of thing. So like, oh, he listened and Brad was really listening. Or you, last time you told me your, your your son was had a big football game coming up. How did that like go for that, like him? Yeah, in, and, in, like, and usually that's and usually yeah. that's what I'll lead with is the, I, I want to lead with the personal question. Okay, last time we met, 
Uh, they were playing in the state championship. How did that turn out? Oh, hey, I, I saw online that they just lost, but your son had a big game. You know, congrats on that. I'm sure you're super proud. That's that's the that's what you want to lead with. And then you kind of already started talking about this. There it, there's absolutely a directional questioning element once you ask that open ended question too, right? You want to drive the conversation towards getting those questions that we were talking about earlier answered in the most natural fashion that doesn't seem hmm. overly scripted. Right. Um, you know, you ask that open ended question and then say, how's that affecting your world? How's that affect affecting the time, energy and resources? What's the technical debt associated to that? Uh, you know, we have all these integration points and blah, 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 blah. And I can't keep our PM, you know, any more busy or else he's going to quit. <laughs> you know what I mean? These are all elements that you could take back and say, OK, I think I can tell a, a pretty good story here that's going to resonate not just with one line of business, but multiple stakeholders, because our goal is to not be single threaded. We want to be multi threaded across the organization, right? We don't want to just have one point of contact, although you want to build up that champion don't get me wrong and, and talking down about that. But in order to be multi-threaded, you have to leverage that relationship that you have with that person to get to other LOBs. Mm -hmm. You know, like, is there uh, anything that you can think of um, that like you've, you've picked up from people, other people in the organization, maybe like not even on your sales team, Brad, that um, like you've noticed that like they, like most salespeople, let's say, might not consider what they're doing as being selling, as, as sales, right? But they're getting influence, they're building relationships, people are connecting with them, could be an internal kind of, um, you know, kind of like selling an idea. Is there anybody that you can think of like that's just in your career maybe even, yeah. that was just maybe it was a manager even that was connecting with their teams that like something about them, people were just excited to speak to these people. They, they wanted to listen to them. They felt, you felt like maybe even yourself that you were like, that person was interested in you. Um, can you think of anybody like that and kind of like, what were they doing? Do you think that they were like really doing well that, um, helped them be able to get people to open up to them a little bit easier? Yeah, no, great question. And I think when we talked about early on in my career, career building that foundation and business development and setting leads and appointments for the role that I'm for a similar mm -hmm. role that I'm in mm -hmm. right now, what I did was I basically stole what I thought each rep did best and tried to kind of blend it with my with my own style, if if that makes sense, right? Yeah. So I would I would I'm I'm just sitting there on silent listening to all these calls, and I would say, oh, I really like how this rep did this and this, and I, and specifically, I had a rep when I was in uh, Oracle Direct, which is inside sales. I I mapped to three of them, all in the Bay Area, and I liked qualities of each three. The first was. Um, the first was more of a relationship guy. I still actually, I still communicate and talk to him today. Um, and he kind of taught me that whole element of wine and dine your customers and make them feel important and make them feel valued. I mean, uh, sometimes the companies you work for, you know, these larger organizations, these customers will feel like, you know, small fish in a big pond. But if you make them feel like they're a bigger fish than they actually are, it'll pay d dividends and dues over time. I had another rep that always took the partnership approach, talked about the organization's partnering and always bringing in resources from developments and all these other areas of the business and really using the fleet and using the team. And I really enjoyed that element and aspect because the customer 
customer really liked it and it, it showed that genuine interest that, hey, I'm willing to pull these resources from product dev or product management and bring them to your account and kind of talk you through what the strategy of the product is going to be so that we can continue the dialogue and progress the deal. Love that. that that's the whole partnership uh, element that customers really, I thought, like to hear. I think that message really resonates. And then I had a third one who was super organized, he, in which I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm the most organized person in the world because I'm I'm not. But the way that he attacked his territory and went to market, uh, I thought was a very good way of trying to have the most feet on the street pedaling to your accounts on your behalf um, with along with you maximizing your time. So I kind of took those three elements for when I made the next role into the field and tried to excel in all those areas while incorporating my own style and, and everything like that. And, you know, you have to evolve with the times and, and, you know, work on your relationships and, you know, always be developing yourself professionally. But I think, you know, I think stealing from the best is is one of the best ways of, of going about what we're doing. And that's why conversations like this or, you know, just watching other sales reps present or talk or listening to podcasts and things like that, you're not going to take away the full 30 to 45 minutes. But if you can take away tidbits that you think are going to help you be successful and, and help you sell, I think that that is probably what molds the best sales rep per se. And, and to your points, you know, we try not to sell. We try to, I, I look at it as managing or directing. So I think the whole account manager, account director, you know, whatever flavor of the week term they want to, they want to use is probably better than just saying, and then just selling, right. And then just saying that you're a seller. Um, managing the relationship, managing the account, managing the direction. I think that's a better approach to take as opposed to just being a seller or an AE or something along those lines. But yeah, I, I just steal from the best is my is my recommendation there. Yeah, I like it. Um, well, what do you think if you if if people like your customers would say about you if you, if we asked your like what type of skills would they probably you know point to um, that you know, makes you a little bit unique, you think, in terms of other sellers that they might be. Yeah, no, great, great question. So I try to bring the experience that I have to the table, um, you know, being in this space for the past 12 years and always being in the back office, getting to the whole storytelling element that we talked about and relating some customers' issues and problems to what, you know, my current client or prospect might have, and then connecting them and, and bridging those gaps and, and those conversations, I think is a huge positive and leveraging, you know, and just leveraging my overall experience within the ecosystem, right? I know one company because I've worked there for so long and I can really be an asset. I want, I want each customer to look at me as an asset and not a hurdle that they have to overcome mm -hmm. if they mm -hmm. want to get either information or something done. Uh, I hope that they'll tell you that I'm uh, persistent, but not overly persistent. I think that's a fine line that we all have to draw uh, because, you know, we all have management VPs to report to, obviously, right? Who want us reaching out every five minutes, checking on certain things. Uh, but the customer doesn't have time for that. Their day to day job doesn't revolve around updating you and where your stuff is at in the process. So I think managing that line between, you know, persistent and overly persistent would make it is what makes it is what makes or breaks us, um, you know, be good to do business 
with, not only externally with your customers, but internally as well. You need to have people that advocate for you and on your behalf internally in order for you to get stuff done. Because the bigger your company, the more objectives or objections you have to overcome. And I think having that brand internally as being a, a, a being as being a champion, um, like I said, not only for your customer but for yourself and your brand and your team, I think is going to make life a little bit easier. So be good to work with, be a good teammates, be a team player. Um, now, you know, not all of us have sports backgrounds, but for those of us who do, everybody knows what a good teammate looks like versus what a, a not good teammate looks like. And yeah, I would, I would hope to what we were talking about earlier, I would hope they say that I, they genuinely think that I'm vested in their success and I am interested in, in helping them save time, save money, um, and be uh, operate more effective, efficiently as a company. It's, it's one of my favorite things about what we do is watching and learning all these businesses and how they operate and how they do things. I've seen $6 billion companies run on Excel spreadsheets, which is crazy, but they made it work, um, you know, and, and challenging the status quo, right? I mean, you're a $6 billion company. I think you've kind of reached the maximum threshold with, with what you're doing. Let's, let's get it to the next level so that we can turn into a, a $12 billion company. Right. So wow. long winded answer once again, but yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> it, it never ceases to me, amaze me what companies uh, can do with uh, a little bit of a duct tape and, and uh, elbow grease. But yeah, it's amazing. Um, well, you know, you said early, like earlier on, like you, you love storytelling. So, you know, can you tell us the story of, uh, you know, a customer in a time where, you know, you did something a little out of the norm. Maybe it was like, you know, remembering that like someone's name or sending a certain gift or you did something that you just thought was, you know, kind of like what you're supposed to be doing or something basic maybe, or just, you know, like par for the course, whatever you want to call it. Right. Like just something that's just your process. Um, but, uh, I've always heard like the curse of knowledge just, um, you know, says that like, we think things are obvious, but they're not so obvious. Like not everyone's doing handwritten notes, even though we're all told to. Um, so like, can you think of a story of a time where you did something with a customer that you thought this is just, you know, this is just very small or very big, but the customer, um, you know, showed you or told you or somehow, uh, you know, the feedback that they gave to you, um, you know, was really more than you could have expected from, from that, that, that gesture that you did. Yes. I, I completely agree with what you said there of small gestures can certainly go a long way and they don't go overlooked or they don't go unnoticed. So I had a small account that was in the, the middle of nowhere that took me an hour and a half to get to and from. Uh, so I never really particularly enjoyed that drive. And, you know, they weren't spending a ton of money. They didn't have a path to cloud, which is what we were incentivized to sell at the time. Uh, but what I did was around the holiday time, I threw a small get together for the CIO and his whole IT staff at just the local bar that was literally right next door and pretty much the only thing that was in town. So the local bar really appreciated me doing that. And obviously everybody everybody knew about the place and uh, you know, catered some food in, had a nice time. It wasn't overly expensive by any means. And it was really just, there was no shop talk at that. It was just, you know, people being people, getting out of the office and, you know, having my having my company show them a good time on, on their behalf. And uh, the CIO said, you know, we haven't had somebody ever 
do this for <laughs> somebody ever do this for us. And I think a few quarters later, uh, we had a deal that came down to the wire in one of the one of the fiscal quarters. And I feel like he made it a personal mission of his to push it across the finish line, even though he was getting objections from every other executive within within the suite. So I don't know if that party per se made the difference of the go or no go. But um, I do think taking the personal interest approach to that whole, you know, my, you know, company as opposed to just kind of brushing them off and being like, eh, it's yeah. a small account, not much money, middle of nowhere, you know, not going to do a ton. But, you know, I ended up doing 20 to 30 percent of my number within within that account a few months later. So, yeah, I always I always think small gestures go go a long way. If you're if your company's budgetarily sensitive, I mean, it doesn't take a ton to throw a $5 gift card in the Starbucks mug and write a note and say, you know, happy holidays to you and yours. Um, you know, do do the little stuff because I think in the long term it pays off. And and to your point, people people do remember that and they will remember that. And if you're especially if you're consistent with it as well, I think that's another I think that's another element that could that could go a long way. Yeah, I always think I what I what I thought with what you said is just like thinking of those moments or just striving to be like the best at getting the most moments where someone says, no one's ever done that for me. You know, like if, if we're, we're, we're thinking in sales, like to differentiate ourselves by like, no one else has this product that can solve this problem. Like no one else can do X, Y, Z. And I've sometimes said that like only we can solve this by, or no one else can do what we can do um with like those types of uh like kind of like distinguishing statements but like when you're not trying for it and you're just literally like but you're in in your mind you're like i just want to do something like that's not that's that's great that you know what if i had to really think about it like most salespeople probably aren't being this consistent or going to this level or whatever and it's not a like it it's not i'm, I'm not doing it to close a business i'm not doing it uh, to, um, you know, like, uh, position my value. I'm just doing it because it's who I am. It's what I care about. It's like, I'm caring about the person, uh, so much that I just want that more of those moments where people are like, brat, like that's like, in, there's no doubt in my mind that guy remembered that because when he said that to you, he's always, He's like, you know, if I can ever help you out, I'm going to try to help you out. No, you know, and like, he's been a huge proponent for me you know, even after the fact, even after he left the company and everything like that. So I, I can't tell you how appreciative it is. And those, those are those little moments that, you know, make you feel genuinely good about, about what you do. And, and, you know, like you were mentioned earlier, when you try and differentiate from a product standpoint, you know, whatever that co company customer or person has been doing, you know, I'm sure their life has been fine without whatever product that you have and whatever they do works. So you also have to take that mindset and approach of like, okay, you know, I'm totally shifting this person's world upside down. If I went from an Android to an iPhone, there's going to be a bit of a learning curve, but the adjustment 
time is going to be worth it because everybody else in the world uses the iPhone, right? So you're going to have a much better experience overall with that. I mean, you just have to, you have to look at it from the other side of the table sometimes and be like, okay, I'm talking about a major transformation here for, for this cut, not only this customer, but this department and this team, right? Um, you know, when you start looking at the bigger picture, the more macro as opposed to the micro, I think it gives you a better understanding of where you're at in your deal as well because as long are the long over are the days of the feature function battle right i mean software is getting better it's getting smarter everybody everybody knows that you know things can be automated technology can be um you know technology can be cumbersome at times but it can also add value uh your competition is all doing the same stuff that you're trying to do pitch pitch the value do business cases you know you name it you have to separate in a different way or a different manner um, and you just have to figure out what that way is for you personally and what works best. Yeah, well said. Um, well, as we come down, uh, Brad, like any other advice like you give like maybe your younger self or someone kind of starting out in their career and maybe what would you give to the other side of the coin like the someone who's been in sales for 20 years who thinks that they know it all who like like maybe thinks that this is kind of basic. What would you what advice would you give for that more tenured? seller on on really ways to um you know connect with people yeah i would actually probably give both of them the same advice and that is uh be flexible be adaptable and just know that not every single deal is going to be the same you may try and replicate the success of one deal in another place but it's just they're their companies are so different personalities are so different um, don't be stuck in in one way always be learning you know go out to those methodologies that we that we talked about and take those little tidbits and pieces but be willing to be willing to evolve be willing to adapt be willing to change be willing to move around um you know go where go where the opportunity presents itself and and find yourself a partner that's going to be willing to to go on that journey with you uh be open um to, to new experiences and, and trying new things and be willing to fail. I think that's a, another thing that some salespeople have an issue with is that whole feel, fear of failure, right? What if this person hangs up on me? What if this person slams the door in my face? Well, there's 99 other people that are not going to treat you that way and, and do that. So I think, um, you know, be genuine, be yourself, be willing to change, um, you know, be human get that storytelling aspect down that some of the best salespeople I've seen are great storytellers. You know, that's a, it's a very underrated element in what we do. And it's not just dropping a customer story or, or something like that. It's, it's leveraging real, real experience that you've had and real metrics that, that companies have attained, uh, attained, not the, not the marketing fluff that we see that, that goes across. So I think that helps build credibility long-term, um, within the accounts and and try to keep your accounts as as often as possible because we all know shifting them every 12 months is very very difficult starting from scratch and not everybody inherits the massive pipeline or deal or something like that and and nobody likes a bare cupboard but no I, i've really enjoyed the conversation alex and appreciate you taking the time and hopefully everybody out there learned something today uh something new that they can take back and, and leverage on their own yeah i'm sure they did well, last question, Brad. So this is uh, like about you, the, the the person you are, since we're all doing about people and something that is is probably is just unique to you. So I, I like to ask all my guests uh, this question. So, you know, if I asked your friend, your your friends, your closest family members, something 
uh, about Brad. So that something would be, what is just one thing? It could be a thing, it could be an event that could only or would only happen to you, something that only you do that is just so totally Brad. What would they probably tell me about you that is just so totally you or something that only you would do? This is going to correlate really well into sales, but I am just a, I am just a crowd pleaser. In social <laughs> okay. settings, the life of the party. Yeah, and, and so in social settings, I I will talk to anybody and everybody. Um, I'm a great person. I would think, I would hope that everybody would say I'm a great person to be around. Very non-confrontational, very open, very adaptive. I, you know, I like I said, I I mirror the the vibe that I'm getting from the other person. I would I would like to think that genuinely. Most people enjoy hanging hanging out with me, being around me, and spending time with me. That could just be my my own picture in my in my own head in my own world. But I I would think that the people genuinely around me think that I'm a, a good, kind, caring person that they want to be around with and spend time with. And I I try to never project any type of negative energy or anything like that. I'm very big about aura and, and chi and you know being being one. Right. I think that that's very important spiritually and and just you know giving off good vibes and and hoping you get the same back i mean it's a, it's a very simple way to live but you know i'd like to think that i'm a simple guy and i think we try and over complicate sales sometimes too uh get back to the basics be simple um you know if the deal's not there now and it's going to be there later that doesn't mean it's a no um so yeah I, hopefully that hopefully that that gives you a good idea of, of what people think but you got to ask them themselves uh, i mean i'll co-sign on that i like it um i, I felt it myself brad so all right man when we uh uh where can people connect with you find you after this is all over yeah please 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 connect with me on linkedin uh just brad Harmon at oracle right now um find me that way message me talk to me. I'm always willing to respond. I'm willing to have a conversation, always willing to help. I can career help. I can help with, you know, if you're at a turning point in a career, as you mentioned before, I've been a BDR. I've been an inside sales rep. I've been a field rep for quite some time. I have, I have experience in different industries, always willing and able to give advice and, and help people. I think, uh, there's enough on, the, there's enough pie on the table for all of us salespeople. So as long as we're all collaborating and staying coordinated and, and talking, I never see that as a bad thing. Cool. Well, I'll have him do it. Brad, it's been a real pleasure today, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate you having me. Best of luck to you. Thank you. Hey, gang. All right. Wow. You made it to the end. I know your time is valuable, so thank you from the bottom of my heart for spending your time here with me. If you heard a quote you liked, got a quick bit of value, or you have an idea that can help convince others to join, I urge you to take a minute and leave a five-star rating and review. That helps us gain influence and bring some really great guests on to add even more value to you and others. You can also always contact me directly to tell me your thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. All my info is in the notes. Let's help convince anyone that they have the ability to sell well just by being great humans. And this podcast is proof. All right. See you on the next episode of Stories of Selling Human.